2: Back to uh, this Article 16 issue, whatever that is, at least uh, I think that's what most of us would have said last week and I think a lot of us were astounded when we realised that the European Commission had invoked Article 16 of the Withdrawal Agreement and that that meant they had decided, uh, to all intents and purposes, uh, to reinstate a hard border on the island of Ireland with customs posts uh, and so on. Uh, The Taoiseach Micheál Martin was on uh, with Andrew Marr on BBC television over the weekend and he
1: was asked, what was the point of this? Well, the point was transparency in terms of the relationship between AstraZeneca and the EU Commission. There's a very fair point there, Andrew, which cannot be brushed aside either. Uh, The problem is the Commission took the wrong mechanism in in, in, in invoking Article 16 of the protocol to deal with it. Um, But there is an issue... um, Mm. And, you know, in terms of my discussions with the Commission, and they've had good, robust, but, but, but transparent and engagement with other companies, uh, there's a range of companies that the EU have engaged with in terms of vaccine production and supply. Um, but I think overall, if, if you, my, my own personal view is that the more people that get vaccinated across Europe, and including in the United Kingdom, is a good thing. Uh, you know, Absolutely. we were we were watching what's happening in the UK and saying, you know, well done. You're, 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 you are vaccinating uh, quickly and well. That's important. Uh, we have many Irish people working in the NHS in in, in the UK. Many people vaccinating uh, there. Many Irish citizens uh, operating and working in the United Kingdom. So overall, across Europe, we all need to roll out the vaccination programme as effectively and efficiently as we can. Uh, so uh, I would like to, if we can dial down the tone, yes, yes. Uh, and work collegially uh, is, is the best way to deal with
2: this. T-shirt Michael Martin speaking uh, to Andrew Marr on BBC Television. Jim Wells, DUP, MLA for South Down, joins us now. Good morning to you and thanks as always for joining us, Jim Wells. Were you surprised uh, that the European Commission could and indeed did invoke Article 16?
0: Well, Michael, first of all, I think this will probably be the easiest interview I'll ever do with you because I do it with the support of every political party on the island of Ireland and the UK government, and it's very seldom that I speak knowing that all of them agree with me. I wasn't surprised, but I was shocked with how, how blatant they were. Uh, we were told that the uh, Northern Ireland Protocol was in tablets of stone. It was holy written. It had to be obeyed, slavishly. And at the first test after only 29 days uh, in, in operation, they decided to tear it up because it didn't suit them as far as their vaccination was concerned. And uh, the, the reason for it, of course, was that the European Union's record on the vaccination has been extremely poor in comparison to United Kingdom. You're not going to like these figures, Michael, but the mm, mm. United Kingdom has uh, vaccinated over 12% of its population That's 8 million people. The European Union has uh, vaccinated a fifth of that. So that tells you how how poor the record is. They saw UK was streets ahead, and they took action to prevent further supplies coming to the United Kingdom via the Irish Republic into Northern Ireland, therefore creating a hard border.
2: And if this was a a fight, who was the European Commission fighting with? Was it AstraZeneca, the... Uh, pharmaceutical company, or was it the British government?
0: Well, very simply, the British government was streets ahead of Europe and the Irish Republic in order in vaccines. We secured our contracts in April. The European Union didn't act until August. The contract with AstraZeneca for the UK was going full steam ahead. The uh, uh, European Union saw this and realised its contract was being delivered much more slowly, so it decided to try and prevent the AstraZeneca contract with the United Kingdom from continuing. And basically, they're trying to steal our supplies. Uh, And that's just totally unacceptable. So the the, the villain here is the European Union, because it was severely embarrassed by the fact that, for instance, in France, only 1.9% of the population is vaccinated. Meanwhile, in the UK, it's 12%. They were embarrassed, so they decided to try and basically divert supplies that were due to go to the United Kingdom, to the EU, and it then uh, tore threads, the protocol, which we were told we have to obey. Mm. Uh,
2: Of course, the European Commission says otherwise. They say they've uh, a contract uh, and uh, they've paid for goods which are are due under that contract to to be delivered.
0: That's true, absolutely true, Michael. They paid for a contract... With AstraZeneca, but that has nothing to do whatsoever with the contract that the the UK negotiated in April. Mm. That's like ordering a suite of furniture from a a hardware store or a furniture shop and and trying to stop somebody else getting delivered the same item because they ordered it four months earlier. That's just unacceptable. Yeah,
2: but I, I suppose it's a question of uh, do you divide the furniture or do you give it to who came first? Uh, and It goes back to the first question, uh, uh, which is should the company have taken for orders uh, to, to take an order for product that they couldn't fulfil?
0: Yeah, but that's absolutely nothing to do with the UK order, Michael. That's the point. The UK went ahead much further. It, it ordered four months earlier and paid for the vaccine paid for it. Mm. And therefore AstraZeneca fulfilled its order and was delivering to the United Kingdom. That's totally separate from the fact that four months later after a lot of bureaucracy, Europe decided to order the same vaccine it was being delivered much more slowly so therefore to try to, to try to interrupt our supplies. That's the point. And there's mm. not a single soul out there has tried to justify that. That is not acceptable. And therefore Britain did, was absolutely right to defend those in the united kingdom who need this vaccine because remember at the end of the day the one group of people who would suffer were the 3.5 million people in the uk who would be denied their vaccine had this proceeded
2: yeah well that's the argument exactly are you surprised that the border became an issue in the middle of it all
0: yeah well the reason they, they they stopped supplies coming into northern ireland was that they were fearful that that might be by the Irish Republic is that they may be then shipped on to the rest of the United Kingdom. And no doubt that could have happened. But the point was we were told in all the votes, all the votes and all the discussions on Brexit that the one thing that was sacrosanct was the Irish border. There could be no mm. hard border on the island of Ireland. So what did they do? On Saturday, they created a hard border on the island of Ireland. And again, there's no one who's trying to defend that decision.
2: Okay, uh, They but,
0: got it wrong. They got it totally wrong.
2: And you wouldn't like to see Boris Johnson uh, invoke Article 16 because that can work Absolutely. both
0: ways. I believe that he should invoke Article 16 to remove the, the issues that have emerged and issues like uh, plants and soil and food supplies, pet movements, hay, steel, hmm. so many issues that have arisen that, which are affecting the trade between the United Kingdom and the rest uh, rest of the United Kingdom and Northern Ireland, Mm. he should now immediately do what Europe were going to do, come in and use Article 16 to deal with those issues. Because remember, Michael, soil and hay that was imported on the 31st of December was safe. Mm. Soil and hay uh, uh, brought into Northern Ireland after December 31st is toxic, and yet it hasn't changed one iota. We have to get are dogs vaccinated for rabies even though there's no rabies in the British Isles? I mean this is nonsense and it has to be dealt with immediately and now Europe has shown us the lead if you get into trouble, invoke Article 14, and that's what we need to
2: do now. This brings us back, though, to the conversation that we had uh, last time around about lack of supplies in the United Kingdom and uh, how I was putting it to you then that you're now more European than you are British uh, and that uh, that's going to be uh, something that will continue. It's a point that was taken up by George Osborne, who was saying that as a result of this, there's going to be a border poll uh, and it's going to result in a united Ireland. Uh, there was a, a loose talk uh, poll on uh, the back of that for the Sunday Times, uh, which found the majority of people expected there to be a, a poll, and the majority of people expected uh, that uh, the uh, poll would result in a, a yes uh, for a uh, united Ireland. Uh, yeah. I'd like you to just listen to a little bit of what uh, Stephen O'Brien of the Sunday Times had to say to me about that.
0: George Osborne, uh, the the former um, Conservative Party Chancellor of the Exchequer and now the editor of uh, the Evening Standard newspaper in London, has been saying that, uh, effectively, that that, that, that Brexit has... Has weakened the union, all four nations' ties to the union um, in a way that nothing previously has. Uh, And he thinks that it makes uh, that uh, what Brexit has done to Northern Ireland and to its uh, trade links with with Britain and with Europe has made it far more likely to uh, leave the union and to opt for Irish unity as a way into as a way of remaining, if you like, in the European Union. And he also believes that that um, uh, English nationalists who, who seem to be in the ascendancy in, in uh, the House of Commons uh, wouldn't be terribly upset uh, if Northern Ireland were to walk away. I'm sure mm. Jim Wells would have a different view. Yeah, if were I'm, to sure. Talk
2: to him again. I'm sure. OK, so I said I'd say to <laughs> yeah. you when I was talking, just, talking to you again.
0: On statement of the week, that one Jim Wells would have a different view, yeah. first of all. Mr. Brand's not exactly a strong proponent of un- the unionist cause. Uh, secondly, as I said to you in, in recent interviews, <clears throat> everybody wants to go to heaven. No one wants to die on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Many nationalists in Northern Ireland who may have an aspiration for a united Ireland in some distant time in the future, but if they thought it was coming next week, they would be wetting themselves because they want to uh, get their business sorted out. They maybe want to get their children educated, or maybe they've got a, a pension with uh, a, a British institution. The other issue, Michael, you've never been able to answer is that it's <laughs> going to cost every man, woman and child in the Irish Republic €3,000 a year for life in order to maintain Northern Ireland to the same standard as it enjoys within the United Kingdom. Yeah,
2: but that won't bother those English nationalists that Stephen O'Brien was talking about, will it?
0: Yes, but remember the, the people who've got, on legally, who've got the sovereign... Will who can make the decision on the future of Northern Ireland to the Northern Ireland people. What all the polls show is about 99% of the unionist population will remain to in British. And everything, anything from 12 to 27% of the nationalist population will vote to remain within the United mm-hmm. Kingdom for very different reasons. So therefore, it, it, it's not going to happen in my lifetime, it's going to happen in your lifetime. And when the crunch comes and people see the cold, hard reality of what life would be like in the Irish Republic. Many will vote, many, surprisingly, many will vote to stay within the United Kingdom. Pensions being a huge issue. And secondly, something that's come to the fore recently, the National Health Service. We don't envy the health provision that you have in the Irish Republic, where half your population have to take out private insurance. Mm. We have to pay and go and see your doctor. We have to pay for hospital treatment. Will you Northern Ireland be the Catholic or Protestant lusts after that type of treatment?
2: Okay, you're in the minority, though, uh, in terms of uh, the outcome, what you think would be the outcome of a a poll. Uh, Where do you stand on whether there will be a a poll? Most people believe there will be one in the next five years.
0: No, there will not be one within the next five years. Uh, The Secretary of State has to make a decision, and the simple decision is, will a poll lead to a change in the constitutional position of Northern Ireland? That is the only legal way that he can hold a referendum. Those factors certainly do not exist at the moment. And I would say when things settle down after the pandemic and the economy recovers, there's even less chance. Secondly, Michael, let's be blunt about it. Mm. You hold a poll Mm -hmm. and 50% plus one vote for United Ireland. How unstable is that trying to make a constitutional change in a country where half the people are utterly opposed to it? That's the difficulty. Yep. It's not going to work. It would only work if both unionists and nationalists agreed. And there's not a chance of unionists agreeing to unite down. There's many aspects of life in the Irish Republic which are unattractive to unionists. And those haven't changed. Okay. And therefore, and of course, we remain British to the core. So I cannot see this happening in my lifetime. And I don't smoke and I don't drink, and I expect to be around a bit longer to know you as one of the highest paid uh, radio presenters in, all, in, in the Irish Republic. Yeah, yeah. And therefore, I don't expect that you will be, ever be a presenter in an all-Ireland state.
2: Okay, well, you know, I, I have to admit, I always wondered why you said that about me until I saw the small money they're making up in RTA. Uh, but we're there for the moment. Well, board.
0: hopefully, you're. Close up to that make their worth, oh, it. and if you're less than two hundred thousand euros a year, there's something yeah. sadly
2: yeah. wrong. I sure there's poor fellas up there; they're only earning half a million. Anyway, uh, we leave it there for the moment. Jim Wells, thank you very much as always for joining us on uh, the program. Jim Wells, DUP MLA for South Down.
0: Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare insurance plans.